I, I, I maybe I did play just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Welcome back to 88.3 WTs. After further review, I have Frank Vashner and myself and David the Man God Harris in the studios. And David, time for your winners and losers. You're going to be talking a little bit about the Lions and Matt Patricia, or as Frank likes to call him, Matt Patricia. Because he's trash. But you, you, you were raving about his hire when he got hired. To admit it. We you, were so... Well, as you, Stephen uh, A. Smith would say... We've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. Well, technically, you might have been. Who was the person who had the level head and the, the insight to say that this wasn't a good hire? Me. Yes, yes. And, and you kind of thought to, that I was talking crazy and that I was trying to bamboozle you and led astray when actually I was just speaking sports director truth. But we all learn from stuff. And yeah, by do. the way, uh, Matt Patricia has a worse record than Caldwell. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> so, fans, what is the lesson here? What is the lesson here, actually? We'll, 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 Don't hire anyone from the Patriots. No, because Ro- Romeo Cornell is going to be st- taking over for Bill O'Brien, though, with the Texans. And how good has Romeo Cornell been as an NFL head coach? Well, he's, he's going to be the oldest now. Well, when he's had to be a head coach in the past, he's been. There may have been a couple of years where he's, he's good, Cleveland. but then he goes. Pfft. I mean, is it, is it him or is it talent? <laughs> and David can ch- chirp in on this one. I think I think it's a little bit of both. I think, like, I mean, everyone knows kind of like the it's hard for Patriots assistant coaches to have kind of head coaching success. But then it's also we have to be honest. Like a lot of these coaches get put into bad situations. Like a lot of them are sent to kind of organizations where you're trying to start from scratch. And particularly if you're a defensive minded coach in an offensive kind of league, it's hard for you to kind of get that long-standing success. There's aren't there's not a lot of long-standing kind of coaches that last in the league that are defensively based. Look at Todd Bowles. Tried to work kind of as a head coach. Hey, we think you're going to be a great head coach. We'll send you to the Jets. Again, situation. We'll look at Matt Patricia. We'll send you to Detroit, regardless of kind of how Jim Caldwell was actually a decent coach. Look how that's working out. Like, Name like outside of kind of maybe Mike Tomlin, who was the defensive coordinator and then became a head coach. Not a lot of defensive coordinators are solid head coaches. Uh, yeah, Billy B, Billy B, Bill Belichick was a defensive coordinator with the Giants. You can't. How are you gonna forget about Billy B? No, I mean, recent. Here, 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 here. Stop, 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 stop the rhetoric. Let's get this out. Here's a life lesson. 
don't put the cart in front of the horse when it comes to trying to fire coaches. Because I asked you this when Caldwell was going to get fired. Who are you going to replace him with? You didn't know. Then Patricia came along and you thought that you had, you basically got a bag of nothing. You thought you had a bag of goods in the goodie bag. And you come to find out you had more swag than substance. More sizzle than stink. Oh, that too. Yeah, that, well, that too. Well, but look. When, All you look, had was a pencil pushing bearded man with a hat backwards. That already told you right there he wasn't head coaching material already with the pencil in his ear. Come on, dude. Who uses a pencil in their ear? Exactly. But, I mean, just let me make this clear. Okay. No, in no way am I. And look. Caldwell wasn't even that good of a head coach to begin with. I know, I know, allow me to elaborate. Mm -hmm. I know he had a good record. But look at a lot of the in-game decisions he made. Also, keep in mind, he was able to get wins against the teams he should and but when it came time to put it up against the big guns, not so much. Because look, Bob Quinn when he fired, he said nine and seven is not good enough. So what do you got now? Yeah, yeah. He brings in <laughs> Bob Quinn, brought in his buddy to coach the team. You didn't upgrade; you degraded. Like That's on Bob Quinn. The downgrade. I mean, what the heck? Exactly. But that, but you know what? That was Bob Quinn for you. And look, I, I know, I know Caldwell wasn't that great of a coach, but I'll say it, he was a hell of a lot better than Patricia. I have no issue saying it. Oh, okay. I just remember you were you were hard on Caldwell, and I'm thinking, who else is out there that you can get that can replace Caldwell and really upgrade the team? And not go in the opposite direction of downgrade. And and I thought I looked at the candidates. I said, eh, ain't nothing out there that you could you could really work on. And you got Patricia, and it's been nothing but a laugh fest. <laughs> I mean, I've, right, I'm, he- I'm hearing some people say that they should uh, bring him in one Urban Frank Meyer, <laughs> which uh, I David, your thoughts? I've got on mixed it. feelings on that. Hey, he might do a little bit better than Matt Patricia. I mean, well, I'll give you that. Yeah, I, I mean, anything at this point is better than Patricia. I mean, I'll take Toons is the driving cat. What'd you say, David? I mean, do you even think about at this point bringing Jim Caldwell back and be like, hey, we're sorry, man. I mean, we have, four, again, former players coming out, Darren Lofty most notably, saying that, hey, them rec- like, a couple of them seasons, yes. The name of the game is, you know, get over the hump and it's so fortunate. But you ran into Aaron Rodgers two seasons, back-to-back years with a chance to win a division title. It's Detroit, when was the last time Detroit beat Green Bay? Like, in a game that mattered. It's been a while. And then, again, this Aaron Rodgers guy. Pretty good quarterback. And so, was it unfortunate? Yes, that not being able to make the playoffs get over the hump. But there are a lot of teams that kind of would kill for 9-7, and 9-7, 11-5, 10-6, 8-8, 7-9. Is that what his records were? Well, I mean... First, well, his first, I think his first year he went, ele- he went 11-5. and five. Has Patricia ever done that? No. Okay. okay. This is what happened. This is what happened. Jim Caldwell wasn't pace, not pace, because uh, he's another card. 
he wasn't Quinn's buddy, so we get it. You know, maybe he didn't want to build a team really exactly so he could succeed. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is he wasn't a bad coach. Now, granted, you, you won the games you were supposed to win, and you didn't win the, the, the big-time games. But like David mentioned before, you know, Aaron Rodgers is tough to beat. I mean, I've seen – I mean, he, I mean he's, he's a nightmare. You they gotta admit did. it. And the Bears, a couple of those years, usually have pretty decent teams. So the, right there, that's four games that are going to be tough. And for, for a while there, you know, the NFC North is like the AFC North now, where it's probably one of the toughest divisions to try to get a win in. So for him, he did really well. But at least your team looked competent, at least in the losses, and at least were competing. This is a laugh fest up in Detroit with Patricia. I mean, and players are saying this is a horrible place to play. At least you didn't get that with Caldwell. Caldwell might not have shown as a type of emotion that you wanted to show him, but at least the team was at least professional. This is this is off the rails. Not only are you a bad coach, but you make the team look bad. Just yeah, I. But of course, it's the the, re, the real problem here is at the top ownership I've said this time and time again nothing is going to get better until the Ford family sells the team and that could because that, they that don't, could be that they could don't be. give a rat's ass well, rats behind I mean and you said that last week they don't give a rat's behind about I've said that, I've said that many times but but the fact of the matter is you knew I I knew right away when they found that information about Patricia and what he do something to girls, or it was supposedly he was indicted for sexual assault. assault. Yeah, that, they never went to trial. Which, still, though, uh, that right off do the their bat, due diligence. Right, right off the bat, I said red alert, red alert on this guy. And then, like I said, the whole backwards hat and pencil in the ear. This guy's not coordinator. Great, I think he could be a great coordinator, but as a head coach and the leader of a team. Yeah, that I I kind of knew from the get go. This I don't know. This ain't gonna probably work, and, and and it's come up to fruition, which is sad. But the fact of the matter is, sometimes as a fan, you gotta you can't be just jumping and saying, "Who are we gonna fire? Fire the guy! Fire the guy!" And it's like, well, who's gonna be there to replace? Is there good candidates out there to replace him? If there's no good candidates out there, and you were doing what Caldwell was doing. You could have just waited till the contract ran out and then tried to look for somebody, but to fire the dude and then pick up Patricia and you've had three to four putrid years, you know, it's worse that that I think. But you know that's just my opinion. But you know we're gonna go move on ahead to David and his winners and losers. Uh, he'll start with winners first, but I'm sure the Lions are in that losing category, right, David? Yeah, the Lions are were going to be my my first loser. Also, just losing six straight games when up ten. You know, having a double due to lead. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother time. But yeah, we'll start with the winners. And again, this is kind of not taking into account the Thursday night game, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mitch Trubisky is a winner because this wow. offense is horrible with or without him. And we, I'll be the first one to say, we put a lot of blame on Mitch Trubisky, but clearly the offensive weapons are horrible too. The offensive line is horrible, but the fact but the fact of the matter is though too is that Trubisky doesn't have a great arm. He can't throw it deep. He's not very accurate. I, I've, I've been I've been saying this over and over and over and over and over again. Nick Foles isn't the best, but at least he's a little bit of a better upgrade over Trubisky. I mean, you know, he pretty but, much helped win the game for the Bears on Thursday night. 
Well, so, and, so, and, and let's be honest, the Colts have a really great defense as well. I mean, the slot does not take it away from them, and they're also four and one. But I do think that the the problem the Bears has they don't have really a great running game that that's it's putrid. And you're right, the offensive line is bad, which which is not new because it was like that with Cutler. You, you spend all the money on the defense, and then next thing you know, on the offense, you might get a great receiver, but then there's no money left. So and would, for the most part, they can't score in a whorehouse. Yeah, it's true. Yes and no because they put up points against Atlanta. Had to come back from sixteen down, so they can put yeah, up some well, points. Yeah, well, this is what well Atlanta, as we know, is known for doing this. Well, they, uh, but what about the Bears? I mean, the Lions. Do you guys? We were down, and we still. So there's ways we can put up points. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's really the problem. But the, the, there is problems with the line, and if they do play a team that's got a great line, you're not going to open things up. My thing is with Trubisky is if you can run on your feet, why not extend the play? But that's the problem, though. If he extends the play, you can't. He doesn't make them pay either. He's throwing an interception or an incompletion. It's just like it just—it just had to be a move that had to be made. You, you know, you just—you just, you just got to cut ties, especially the draft that he was in with Deshaun Watson and, and, and uh, Mahomes Patrick in Mahomes. it. Deshaun yeah. Watson is look where he's at. He's the main reason why the Texans are even competitive. Trubisky can't do that. If he was having it where the Bears were competitive, even with that bad line. He's got a little bit better team than Deshaun Watson. Then yeah, he would have started all five games and be five and zero and having up decent numbers. But he's just not that. It's just this is his facing. He's he's a backup quarterback. That's what he is. Foles came in, didn't do much better. But Trubisky was drafted to be a starting franchise, turning around quarterback, and that's what he's not. So you got to move on. You put Foles in there, you're going to get either the same results as Trubisky or a little bit better. And guess what? The man's 2-1, and one, had a bad outing against Indianapolis, but looked pretty good against Tampa Bay and against the GOAT, Tom Brady. Yeah, I wouldn't say pretty good. He, he looked he looked okay. I mean, that whole game was just trash. But, yeah, like you were saying, kind of just offensively, even look at those three quarterbacks that you mentioned, Ricky Watson, Mahomes. Watson, until this year, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins and had a good running back. Mm-hmm. You know, Duke Johnson, you know, kind of that rotation. But he had a solid wide receiver. Kansas City had 19,000 fast wide receivers that all run a 4 one Yeah, but who makes him? Oh, come Hilaire. on, come on, David. Come on, David. Who makes Kansas City yeah, I mean, tick? It's Mahomes. No. The man throws no-look passes and makes the completion. Trubisky could be staring at the receiver and still overthrow him or, or throw it behind him. He throws either passes behind the receiver or t- too far in front. He never could put it on the money. Yeah, I mean, but also kind of the point that you initially had made. Kind of, Trubisky's weapon is Allen Robinson, and he wants to get paid like a top fifteen, top twenty wide receiver. But I mean, he's volume like he gets sixteen, seventeen targets, ten receptions because no one else like you have old Jimmy Graham out there. He made a but good like catch, said, though. No he made a good game. catch. He made a good catch against Tampa Bay. But like I said, there, yeah, there isn't. And they got rid of Jordan Howard, which I still try to understand to this day why they got rid of him. He actually had a really great season. I, I guess it's one of the pace things he did. But then again, though, this could be like a Lions situation <laughs> where I, I, I feel bad for Nagy because I think he would open up his offense if he kind of had a little bit better talent at the skill positions. But you're kind of... 
they're kind of limited. You don't have a running game, and fans are getting upset that he throws screen passes. Well, you have to because you, you're not going to run the ball. I'm sorry. The Bears, the Bears running backs could have 15 carries for 50 yards. That's 20 yards. Yeah. They're, 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 you, you ain't run the ball up the middle. So now you, you can try to see if you get some misdirection and maybe throw a quick screen pass and them actually making a play off, off of that. But... It, 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 like like the, the McCaskies are like the Fords. They, they they're in that old NFL mindset. Spend all the money on the defense. Maybe have a running game. We'll see what's left. Detroit has a I think a great the, quarterback with the Stafford. Di- they're the wasting di- his career. The big di- there's a big difference. You said well, what the McCaskies do. The Fords just don't care. Yeah, well. I, Virginia McCaskey, uh, I, I, I think, yeah, but it's got to get to it's got to get to the thing where, and I, I know it's hard for Pace that you got to change, but then, then again though they let Pace get get an opportunity in that draft to do what he wanted to do when he got in there and he drafted Trubisky, which then turned out to be nothing. So now they don't trust him, I I believe, and now it's back to that old, you know, we're gonna pay a whole bunch of money to Khalil Mack. And now the man's getting hurt left and right. So, I don't know, David. It, four and one, I'm happy for them. I don't see us beating the Packers. Um, we'll probably beat the Lions the one more time. are looking good. Right, that's true. But, yeah. Uh, the, but split, I think we'll split with the Vikings. Yeah. But, of course, it is worth noting that Kirk Cousins does have a tendency to turn into a pumpkin in big games. True, but he always also comes up big, and you like that. You yes, like that. Yes, yes. But yeah, I it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Keep going ahead, David. All right, now the winner, Cam Newton, mainly just because I mean, did you see the other quarterbacks that are behind Cam Newton? Yeah, now that's a Brian right. Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham. And... Like, like to be fair, Stidham's first interception, the one that went through Judah and Edelman's hands. Like, I'm not going to blame Stidham on that. That's wide receiver. Mm-hmm. That's wide receiver error. But the other one. And kind of underthrew his wide receiver deep in the end zone. Like some of those, like are going to come with game flow. Like when, with experience, you're going to be able to kind of have that experience. Be at Brian Hoyer. Like good God, man. Like Cam Newton's like, see, this is why I need to get paid. Like, oh yeah, that situation in New England. Like, whoo. Now I guess now we're all like, Bill Belichick. Robert Kraft, you got the geniuses for bringing in Cam Newton on this minimum deer because now when he's in there, he runs this offense looks dynamic. But yeah. Uh, speaking of Cam Newton, his former team, the Carolina Panthers, did not expect them to be this clicking, especially losing Christian McCaffrey. Two and zero, Teddy Bridgewater looks like he's kind of that franchise quarterback that we expected. He showed little glimpses off before his injuries. Up in Minnesota, I, I, I don't know. Like they'll probably get to five hundred, and kind of within that division, with the way New Orleans is playing, the way that kind of Tampa Bay is, they could sneak in, maybe be the second best team in that division. Time will tell. But yeah, shout out to Carolina. Hate to say it, but I'll. I'll I was thinking whether to put the Dallas Cowboys as losers or the Cleveland Browns as winners. Either way, it wouldn't be bad for me. But I'll, I'll give the Cleveland Browns the winners because, hey, Odell Beckham. 
things happen when you put the hand in his ball, Baker Mayfield. Even if, you know, your longest pass was for 16 yards, and that's still not totally on you as a quarterback. This is why we were saying, get the ball to Odell Beckham. This is why everyone was saying, hey, this guy made Eli Manning great. Give him the ball, let's see what happens. And we saw what happened. Now, granted, Dallas got awful defensively, and there's a whole other situation about Mike McCarthy and whether he should be fired after one year. But at least for one week, Cleveland Browns looked like a pretty competent offense. So they didn't have to ask the quarterback to do much. It's, hey, you have a run-heavy offense. Trip plays, Kareem Hunt, uh, do, you know, do trick plays, just have Jarvis Landry um, throw the ball to Odell Beckham every, you know, every possession or every quarter or something. Mix it up, but yeah, I'll give I'll give them a shout out. <sighs> and then the last winner for me, we're just going to do a round robin of top twenty-five upsetters. Shout out to Southern Methodist over winning over Memphis, NC State topping Pitt, Iowa State, and our boy Matt Campbell beating the overrated Oklahoma Sooners. That's a good win. Arkansas- you got to admit that was a good win for the program coming yes, in from his first year three and nine. And there was a couple times, I think, wasn't the second year or the third year, they played Oklahoma in another tight game at Iowa State mm-hmm. at the end of the season, and Oklahoma just pulled it. Was that with Kyler Murray that year? I think it yeah, was. I think that was the Kyler yeah. Murray Or was year. it Baker Baker Mayfield that year? Where One of those two, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, now look how far they come, even kind of with that setback where they had that major upset at home, or they kind of lost a heartbreaker at home. And everyone was like, oh, is this the end of Matt Campbell? Nope, he's still here. But also, it's Oklahoma. So, And people over the years know how I feel about Oklahoma. And the other team in the conference, Texas, losing to TCU. Hate to say it, but, you know, this is what y'all get for getting rid of that man. This is what y'all get. This is what the boosters in Texas wanted. This is what they wanted with Tom Herman. So, you're brief with yourself. Yeah, and at least we don't have to hear the famous Sam Ellinger drop about how Texas is back. Well, they're back all right to taking a crap in big games. <laughs> that, that was impressive. That was nice. Yeah, then Arkansas over Mississippi State and then Tulsa over UCF, and those are my top 25 offsets. Congratulations to you. All your campuses, coaches, staff, I hope all of those programs stay safe. I know I bet Baylor, they had to sh- kind of shut things down because of COVID. Or, or, no, they got fined because of some off-field issues. I also think that there was a case at, at Baylor that had the football program wondering. I'll double-check on that. Um, yeah, those are the winners. And then quick losers, the Lions. We've already talked about the Lions. The Atlanta Falcons offense. You have a star wide receiver. Polio Jones goes out. Like, are you? Is Matt Ryan afraid to throw the deep ball? Like, like he he did more checkdowns to kind of insert creative player wide receiver slot guy here. Then, like I can imagine this. Is, like, like understand Jair Alexander is just kind of. 
star running back, all pro, you know, kind of first round pick. He was a beast in Louisville, so there's a reason why he won in the first round. But at some point, you have to actually not be afraid to throw the top off. And Dan Quinn, to his credit, said after the game, we have to throw the top off. We can't just, we can't start with check down, check down, check down. We have to throw the deep off. So if your coach can see it, and he's trying to hold on to his job, that is the quarterback's decision-making. And for everyone that says Matt Ryan is good, I'm sorry, he's not. He's in that 20 to 25 range at this point. Like, he's not mobile. He's scared of, clearly he's scared to throw the deep ball against the secondary that was starting to get banged up. And at the end of the fourth quarter, when the game was at least somewhat close, like, still afraid to take a chance. I mean, I mean, if I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan, like, I understand Dan Quinn should like, eventually get the axe because if Bill O'Brien can get fired, then good course Dan Quinn needs to get out of there. Like, well, hey, well David, I was just David, I was just about to ask you: um, Is it going to be before or after Halloween weekend when Dan Quinn gets whacked? I'm I'm honestly surprised he made the flight back to Atlanta after Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I'm feeling. Like I know that this week they're in a kind of I'm, honestly, if they go over five, if they lose to Carolina this week, which spoiler alert. You can lock that in as one of my picks for this week. Like, if they go 0-5 to start the season, he's got to go. Like, the Atlanta fan base is tired of kind of, first of all, Matt Ryan, because everyone's like, should you just tank for Trevor at this point? Because they need a, they need a quarterback. And... It's been going on since 28 to 3. We've seen this steady decline in this franchise where they just seem to get worse and worse and worse. And it starts with, honestly, it starts with the head coach, but also with management. But this is a kind of big boys league. I think a lot of that ownership is writing, hey, we got to a Super Bowl with this core. Let's keep chucking it. That's why Mike Ryan wants to force it into triple coverage on Julio Jones when Calvin really is wide open in the back of the end zone. But Matt Ryan doesn't even look his way. Just to clear that up. Okay. More losers. Yep, and we're, we're going to see a steady team. Clearly, I have something against quarterbacks this week. Uh, the Washington football team, there's a whole situation in Dwayne Haskins, which a lot of people weren't really sold. When they drafted Haskins to Washington, they thought it was kind of June from the start. Now you benched him for Kyle Allen, which, good God, I'd rather have Trubisky than Kyle Allen. So <laughs> there's there's that. But, yeah, this it's not looking good in Washington. And they had such a promising start because of this division and the fact that they have this star running back in the making in Antonio Gibson. The offense looks like it could be, you know, piecemeal something together and just be competent enough to challenge for the NFC Divisional Crown, which was a possibility, but with a quarterback that even coming out of college, we were all like, eh, we really didn't see much out of Haskins at Ohio State. Like, it's kind of, oh, Ohio State quarterback name, the school name. Yeah, let's take it. So, yeah. All right, keep going, Dave. We got to 
you don't speed dial right. here. I mean, you got a lot. All right, and the last losers for me, the 49ers, because Nick Mullins, for the love of God. Like, you're supposed to throw to the color, the people wearing your color jersey. Not to the white jerseys, to the red jerseys. That was the most egregious interception I've seen in a long time. And I hate to say it, but if, if Jimmy B is the best at that offense has, woo! Hmm. I mean, yes, they got to the Super Bowl, but that was mainly on their defense and their running that game. Offense. So yeah, Whew. that situation, quarterback situation, is bad in San Francisco, and that's it for my winners and losers. So there was all losers. No, he had some winners in there. Oh yeah, well, Trubisky not really being a winner. I don't believe in that one. Huh. That's bad. So yeah, winners. I say Trubisky, Cam Newton, the Browns, Carolina Panthers, and those top twenty-five upsets. Losers, the Falcons, Niners, Washington, and the Detroit Lions. <laughs> a solid winners yes. and losers. Last yes. segment of the day, NBA Finals. We've, oh, we got to do the pickup. Yes. So we'll actually we'll do this. We'll end this with this segment here with. Excuse me. Um, the winners and losers, and then we'll get into the NFL pickup. So, actually, on the podcast, we'll take a quick break, pod down, then get into the actual uh, pickup. You guys ready for the pickup? Yep. Be right back. Yep. Hold on. <laughs> 